1: Welcome to another episode of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. This is our 66th episode. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd.
2: And I'm Dan Todd. We have a great show today. The theme is Simply Thankful. And I'm sure that Cheryl's going to have a 45 minute discussion on what that means. <laughs> but first, I'd like to introduce our guests so we don't forget that we have guests today. We have Sydney Powell, the author of the best selling nonfictional book, License to Lie Exposing Corruption in the Department of Justice. Is there, is uh, there that?
1: Is apparently, there? there is. And Sydney is, is a she, actually. Sydney? So yeah, mm. Sydney has uh, several examples. And so we're going to dive in a little bit into kind of how does she see all this stuff at the end of the election where, you know, we had FBI Director Comey making kind of weird, odd half statements and then what felt like pushback from the Department of Justice. And so I thought, well, let's look at all that through her lens and see what she thinks about
2: all of it. Right. Hopefully it's going to be positive now. We (laughs) have uh, Captain Clay Higgins. Captain Higgins has become one of the nation's most influential cops regularly speaking to law enforcement agencies across America. Higgins is a strong advocate of what he calls the sacred oath of the badge. He currently serves as deputy marshal for the city of Lafayette. He also is a congressional candidate and is now facing a runoff election on December 10th. And when you hear this man, you're going to feel his passion. Mm -hmm. Our second hour, we have Anthony Imperato. He's the owner of Henry Repeating Rifles or p- repeating arms, and has just made history in Arizona, in Arizona with the 1,000-man shoot. And we were both there. It was, it was wonderful. Awesome. And there was 1,000 people there shooting these guns. It was awesome. We also have Paul Lathrop, the owner and co-executive producer of the Polite Society podcast and founder of the Self-Defense Radio Network. <clears throat> we have Antonia Okafor. She's a creative writer at Independent Journal Review. Also, Madison Oto, a columnist with Washington Times, an OSU law student, and former Miss Ohio U.S. contestant. Both are campus carry advocates. Then we also have our responsible armed citizens report, and of course, my commentary. <laughs> I tried to do that <laughs> together. You're supposed to say commentary commentary
1: um, yeah it works better yeah it we- works better that way <laughs> 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 all right so the theme right I'll pass you the phone. Uh, if you're not, if you don't ever follow us on Facebook, then you don't know what I'm talking about. But we try to do a Facebook live uh, during this portion of the show, so that uh, kind of the theme has a chance to, uh, you know, live a little longer than than just the time that we're on the air and and get you all to tune in and hear the rest of the show. So the theme is called simply thankful and so we have so much to be thankful for. We live in this amazing time and place in history and the word thankful really doesn't even need to be qualified. Of course it is good to name the various blessings we have but sometimes try approaching life and prayer with just three words I am thankful period. We tend to muck things up when we start wrapping too many words around them, like the laws upon laws written so we could enforce laws these days. And for an example of simplicity, take our Second Amendment, for which I and Dan are both very thankful. 27 words gets the job done. The entire Constitution of the United States is only 4,400 words. It is the oldest and shortest written constitution of any major government in the world. And while we are collectively, as a constitutional republic, thankful for it, how many of us have read it? 4,400 words. It takes about 30 minutes to read. And while I haven't asked them individually, I can pretty much bet that each of our guests today have invested that 30 minutes and on more than one occasion. And I believe that they are deeply thankful for the freedoms afforded us, the division of powers spelled out, and the protections reminded to all who would infringe on our individual freedoms that lie within that document. So today, and every day, I am simply thankful. Dan?
2: So, what Cheryl's trying to tell you is that she's thankful. Yes. Okay? So, <laughs> hey, w- speaking of thankful, we had a wonderful Thanksgiving, um, great time, but we have some great things coming up too. We okay. do. We this had- is a pre recorded show. And the reason it's pre recorded, the time you hear this, I'm going to be at the SAR Crossroads of the West Gun Show here in Phoenix. Big show. We have 12 tables of guns that we're going to have in our auction on Monday night. So next Monday, Mm -hmm. we have an auction. We have over 400 guns, uh, military badges, and all kinds of neat stuff. You can go online to potofgoldestate.com and see all that. But anyway, I want to talk about the show. For those of you who have never heard of the SAR show, that's a small arms review show that's in conjunction with the um, crossroads of the west show they have om- over a thousand tables of just military stuff machine guns silence suppressors um lugers just uh so it's it's a candy store i get there thursday to set up the show starts friday but i get up there thursday and i'm on my feet until sunday night so i lose about three or four pounds when i'm at the show
1: well, I think you, you lose three or four pounds in in money, because I think that's where we bought the cannons, plural. Is that right?
2: Our first cannon was <laughs> bought at that show. It was just a baby cannon. Oh. It only weighed about, I don't know, 5,000 pounds or so. It mm-hmm. was a World War I 155 millimeter howitzer. And I remember bringing that home to Cheryl to share. <laughs> and she wasn't like excited like I was and I don't understand why.
1: Hmm. let's think. You know, that's not really one of those, "Oh, by the way, while I was out, I picked up a fill in the blank type items." It's just not, you yeah. know?
2: But this year it's going to be um, really fun. I'm I'm not taking any no money with me at all. <laughs> and I'm not going to buy anything. Why at is your nose all? growing right now? Well, let's just say this: I have a twenty-eight foot trailer, and I'm going to park it right beside the building, and I'm going to be loading it up.
1: Uh huh. Well, so. that I can I can bet is the truth. Um, and so every year we set up at this because, of course, we own uh, the business azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona, which I think I forgot to say at the top of the show. And um, so, since we own the gun show, uh, the gun shop. And also the auction house, Pot of Gold. Uh, it's a neat way uh, once a year where we really tie those two brands together. And we show up at the show, like Dan said, and we l- set up with all these tables. But usually we have our dear family friend, uh, Joey Dillon, who is a, a gun-spinning, trick-gun uh, trick gun, uh uh, I'm sorry, there's this weird ratcheting sound. I think we fixed it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he's he he's also a coach to the stars. Uh, Joey Dillon, and you've got to look him up online on his website because in addition to those things, of course, he's a husband and a dad, and he even owns his own uh, garage where he refurbishes old motorcycles and old cars. So this is a busy, busy dude, and he's usually there with us uh, for the December show, but this year um, he just had other obligations. Go figure, a guy that busy. Um, so we, we won't have Joey there, but we definitely are going to have all the other stuff that you look forward to when you come out there. And people do come from all over the country to attend that show. So we're excited. We can't wait to see everybody.
2: Joey always tells me the story, uh, when he's doing his quick draw stuff, he says, have you guys ever seen the movie tombstone? (laughs)
1: And then we fall for it and we're like, oh, really? You were
2: in Tombstone? He said that's, he wasn't in that one. Yeah,
1: I think he was like uh, But anyway, uh, this is our
2: 10th year of doing the uh, military uh, gun auction and that's uh, Monday. It starts at six o'clock. You can bid online or you can come to the gun show and see all the guns and touch them and feel them and look at things, ask questions. We'll have a full staff there. So... If you get a chance, I mean, the Crossroads Crossroads and SAR show at the fairgrounds at 19th Avenue McDowell starts Friday, is a wonderful show to go to. The best show in the country.
1: Absolutely. And um, I don't want anybody to think that we are not addressing what happened on the campus, um, the college campus this past week, Ohio State University uh we're not we're not ignoring it at all as a matter of fact, a couple of our guests today are on specifically to talk about that event um and there the the idea of campus carry you know really Really think about that. I think the time may have come for us to have that national conversation. You know, the other side, the rights restrictors are always asking for a national conversation about, quote-unquote, common sense gun laws. Well, I think it's time to have a national conversation about why why do we disarm
2: full-grown adult people? Yes, we were fortunate that the cop was able to get there in time. Could you imagine there wouldn't have been 11 stabbings if somebody would have been a responsibly armed citizen.
1: See, and that's that is one side of of the debate. And I think that it warrants more than just the cursory glance or the the wrinkling of the nose uh, that that the other side, the rights restrictors give it like, you know, it's a crazy idea. What well,
2: are they thinking that if if gun kits were legal on campus, that he would have brought one? <laughs> no, I think that if he would have, if he would have had, if he wanted to bring a gun, he would have brought a gun.
1: Absolutely. So, I think the argument is that. Because he broke the law
2: had, with the knife. Oh, you think? He broke the law with the car. You think? So I don't think it would have made a difference either way. But a no. it, it, better chance to defend yourself. That's,
1: that is our side of the debate. Absolutely. Uh, but the other side says, well, if there's more guns and everybody's going to just open fire on each other. and And we have not seen that. That is not a statistic that exists. It is a straw man argument that people like to raise up as, uh, you know, fear mongering. So um, anyway, it's an interesting time. It was a tragic event. Thank goodness. Thank God there was no loss of life of the the students from what I've understood. Um, And everybody is expected to recover. And thank God that there was uh, a good guy with a gun able to put down the bad guy who was using whatever he had at his disposal as a weapon, which was a car and a knife. So we will talk about that more as the show goes on. And I believe it's even part of Dan's commentary. Mm. <laughs> so stick around. As soon as we come back, we have got author Sidney Powell talking to us about her book, License to Lie, Exposing Corruption in the Department of Justice.
0: Hi, I'm Paul Lathrop. I'd like to talk with you about the Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network. As many of you know, you'll likely have to win two fights if you have to use your gun in self-defense. The first fight is the gunfight itself. The second fight is the fight to clear your good name through the legal system. You don't need to draw your gun to find yourself in a legal battle for your life and freedom. Even if you do everything right, you may still be prosecuted, which could cost you tens of thousands of dollars. The Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network is an official sponsor of the Self-Defense Radio Network, and they will completely take that worry away by giving you financial assistance and legal assistance if you have to use your gun in a legitimate self-defense situation. In my case, it was $12,500 just to get out of jail and get the attorney started. Don't let no zealous anti-gun prosecutor make your life miserable because you chose to legally defend yourself. Sign up at armedcitizensnetwork.org for only $135 for the first year and discounted renewals. Or you can call 360-978-5200 and just tell them Paul sent you.
1: Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And we are excited today at the lineup of people that we're going to be bringing on to talk about a variety of topics. Um, And we are simply thankful. We are simply thankful to be able to meet with you across the nation, actually across the world, every single week. We're based here in a beautiful studio in Scottsdale, Arizona, but we uh, we check our stats online, and it's incredible uh, how far the message carries and how engaged people are with what we are talking about and the people that we are bringing to the airways to talk about it and uh, the feedback that that we're getting down is that people really seem to appreciate that we aren't rant ranters right we aren't teeth gnashers we are um even
2: for that one politician what now? <laughs> no, we don't. We try not to rant. That's true. I sometimes I have to hold myself down in the seat because I want to, but uh, we try to keep it uh, nice and smooth and subtle. I guess.
1: Yeah, and friendly. You know, inviting to um, dissenting points of view, and and that is, I think, um, I love that because how am I going to hear what somebody on the other side of the fence? has to say uh if i don't if i'm just constantly talking at and telling everybody that well our way of thinking is the only right way and i think there's so much of that out there that when when we are just more in a conversational mode like we are on this show i think it it opens up people it relaxes their shoulders a little bit you know and they can just receive what it is we are saying so Uh, Our first guest is waiting in the wings actually on the phone in another state but (laughs) waiting in the wings and we are excited to bring her back on this will be the second time we've had Miss Sydney Powell on she is the author of the book licensed to lie exposing corruption in the Department of Justice now Miss Powell was a federal prosecutor in three districts under nine US attorneys from both political parties. And in private practice for more than 20 years, she is past president of the Bar Association of the Fifth Federal Circuit and the American Academy of Appellate Lawyers. She's a veteran of 500 federal, federal appeals. She published Licensed to Lie, the true inside story of the corrupted prosecutions of Ted Stevens, Arthur, Arthur Anderson LLP, Merrill Lynch executives, and many others. Are you with us, Ms. Sidney?
3: I am with you, Cheryl.
1: We are so excited to have you back on again. And you know, here I am saying how you know people appreciate the light-hearted, uh, non-teeth gnashing angle of our show, and then we're talking about uh, exposing corruption. But you know, the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, is if there is corruption, does it not need to be exposed?
3: Oh, it definitely does. Sunlight is the best disinfectant, and that's the only way to get rid of it is to acknowledge it's there and do something about it.
1: Absolutely. So the the main reason that I I tapped you to come on today is because, you know, towards the end of the election process— There was this weird thing going on, right? So FBI Director James Comey, he came out with two different sort of conflicting and sort of, uh, you know, half telling us something. We don't know what it is. And then it felt like there was this pushback going on behind the scenes from the Department of Justice under Loretta Lynch. And so the rest of us are just, you know, the rest of us are just kind of like something's going on there, but I can't – I don't know enough – to really put a name to it. And so I thought, you know, not that you've got a crystal ball, but you definitely have some insights from researching your book that the the average Joe on the street doesn't. So from your perspective, what did you see going on there?
3: Well, I think Mr. Coming number one, was trying to uh, cover his own posterior because... <laughs> there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of information there and significant emails that showed miss clinton had definitely violated federal laws i mean i just don't think there's any two ways about that uh if i did i would i would say so but i i can't see any way that she didn't violate the espionage act and Uh, 18 U.S.C. 793 and various subsections of it, and a number of other federal statutes, too, all of which are felonies. So, you know, I think he was trying to tell Congress there was more there and cover himself. And then he did receive, no doubt, significant blowback from the Department of Justice because they had intended to put the lid on this thing a long time ago.
1: But that's the the reason I'm
3: sure that. I was yeah. going to say
1: that's the whole reason that we have different departments is so that we don't have this lockstep collusion, right?
3: Yes, that would that would be part of the reason for that. But unfortunately, particularly in this last administration, it's the Department of Justice has been nothing but a, a branch of the president to do and accomplish his social objective by using and abusing the laws to do it. I've just never seen anything like it. It's been extraordinary. And Mr. Comey is sitting on top of a a wealth of information that would lead to an indictment of Ms. Clinton under any rational perspective.
2: Why do you think that Comey would do that? This is Dan. I'm sorry. I'm uh, Cheryl's uh, partner here. But why would you think that Comey would hide that? I mean, we've got a new election coming on. Unless they really strongly believed that Hillary was going to win, they kind of messed themselves up, right?
3: It's hard to say. Uh, The whole thing just blew everybody's mind, you know, that he would first come out and basically indict her with the 15-minute speech he made and then say, you know, no charges are being recommended. <clears throat> and, of course, Mr. Comey's not the one who can indict her anyway. That's one thing we all need to remember it's only the Department of Justice and a prosecutor who can take an indictment before a grand jury, but nobody can call the investigation that he did originally a a, a real investigation because they simply didn't they didn't do anything that you would do in a real investigation like convene a grand jury, issue subpoenas, you know pull people in to testify without grants of immunity and To say that then they would destroy Cheryl Mills and Heather Samuelson's laptop, there was a major rebellion within the FBI itself that I think is another part of the reason Comey said, well, wait a minute, we should take a look at this other information. But the real problem that I've said for more than 18 months when I wrote the Countless Crimes of Hillary Clinton article for the New York Observer, I knew this went all the way to the White House. I mean, you can't be secretary of state and have a, a secret email address. The president had to know about it. I knew he had to have been communicating with her on it, which makes him complicit and, and, and a, in a conspiracy to avoid the, the statutes that apply to all this at the very least not to mention he may very well have sent protected information to her email himself in which case he's committed a direct violation of the espionage act Mm. and so have a lot of other high-ranking officials i mean anybody who communicated with her about um, information related to the national defense it doesn't have to be rated top secret it doesn't have to be stamped or marked as anything it's just information related to the national defense Mm. is is guilty of the same thing she is
2: well it must be from the top because we've had this corruption i mean i don't don't like to be a conspiracy guy but we've had this corruption since eric holder it's and it was it's so plain it's simple that all you got to do is watch him and see and so it has to come from the top because he can't be that not in touch with his people
1: he meaning Obama. Correct,
2: B- Obama. I yeah. Yes.
1: Well, and then we have. Oh yeah. I mean, you've just described like this this mixed up ball of string, right? Have you ever seen like, or one of your necklaces gets all tangled up and there's just no way to get it untangled? Right. It's like, I mean, how do you get a hold of the end of one of those strings? And I think I see Jason Chaffetz doing his darndest to to try, <clears throat> but. Uh, you know, he just gets so much pushback and of course the, the big weapon of the the other side is that they try to discredit, they try to poo poo. They try to say things like, Oh, that's old news, right? And so, right. Um, you know, we do have the House Oversight and Government's Reform Committee chairman, Utah Congressman Jason Chavis, it it looks like he's really truly doing his best to to find where that string leads. And I, I give him a lot of credit for that. Um, but the other thing that I, I feel like we've been seeing is that everybody is wearing the wrong hats in this whole thing. So James Comey's wearing the hat of deciding if somebody should be prosecuted or not. That's not his hat to wear. Then no. Right? And then um, even now we've got President-elect Trump who is trying to put that same hat on and say, well, oh, we don't need to to hurt the Clintons anymore. And that may not be what he's doing, but that's kind of the way it's coming across. And it's like, could everybody just please, in this musical chairs, could they just please sit in the right chair, wear the right hat again? <laughs>
3: and do their own job?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're going to run to break for a second, but when we come back, I want to dig a little bit more into... You know, what do your eyes see with the the coming presidency of Donald Trump and that statement? Uh, what does that signal to you? Is he just kind of like taking the, the this isn't my job position? And if it were my job, I would give her a pass? Or is he um, really signaling to the world that, hmm? Nothing's going to happen to the Clintons. So when we come back, let's dig into that and then talk about your book some more because we've got holiday gift giving season just around the corner and your book would be an amazing gift for, for anybody that that likes sort of uh, you know government thrillers, but this one's real. Stick around. We've got more with author Sidney Powell, author of License to Lie, Exposing Corruption in the Department of Justice.
2: Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, educate, and inform. We're sponsored by azfirearms.com and potofgoldestate.com. We have uh, Sydney Powell here. She's the author of best-selling nonfiction book, License to Lie, Exposing Corruption in the Department of Justice. Are you still with us, Sydney?
3: I am with you, Dan. Thank you. Great,
2: thank you. You know, I'm looking through the news here, and it looks like they've, uh, that uh, Donald Trump has uh, appointed Jeff Sessions as a new attorney general, and uh, with your experience uh, being a federal prosecutor, what do you think of that?
3: I like Jeff Sessions. He's served on the Judiciary Committee for a number of years now and been very active on that. He is a good law and order man without being rabid about anything. I think it's important for the chief law enforcement officer of the United States to be as objective and reasonable as he can be. And I think Jeff Sessions is that he will enforce our immigration laws, which would be a refreshing change. Um, and I would expect him to enforce other laws as well.
2: Yes, I would. I would love to have a Attorney General that would enforce every law. There's if if the law's not important to enforce, then remove the law, get it off the books.
3: Yes, but we have to enforce. And we need to do a lot of that. Right. Actually, we need we need to remove a lot of laws. There's so many that are duplicitous and right. You know, prosecutors are able to stack fifty and sixty charges against somebody, which is ridiculous. Yeah, and they do and the they fifty, do sixty.
2: To, yeah, they do the fifty or sixty charges, and then they drop them all after they, you know, find you know plea bargain with them, right?
3: Right, right. They do that to force them to plead because nobody can stand up, you know, fighting fifty different charges against them. It's right. insane, and it and makes the sentencing possibilities enormous i mean people are looking at the rest of their lives in jail for something that probably shouldn't even be prosecuted half the time
2: yeah and you know Cheryl made a comment earlier about hillary clinton and how donald trump may not do anything i, I kind of think donald trump is kind of being in the nice mode right now and i don't think any of us really know what he's going to do come uh the 20th of january so i wouldn't uh, be uh relaxing too much hillary clinton if i was you <laughs> what,
3: what do you think about that sydney yeah i wouldn't be relaxing if i were her either for a number of different reasons i mean there will be a new attorney general and it's not the president that looks at potential charges against anybody anyway i wouldn't be surprised if obama doesn't give her a pardon before he leaves doesn't
2: uh, he sure have to does not, doesn't she have to be convicted before she can be pardoned
3: Uh, No, you can do a preemptive pardon. If I remember correctly, uh, Gerald Ford gave one to Nixon.
1: Oh. Wow. See, I didn't realize that.
3: That may not be be right, but for some reason, yeah, Yeah, we need to look at that.
1: Well, that was one of the things that was so interesting because, you know, Jesse Jackson, I think it was, went on a a news conference and said, you know, why don't uh, – Something about pardoning her. I can't remember if he was talking to Obama or to Trump. I think to Trump. And it was like, oh, wait a minute. Why would she need to be pardoned if the storyline is that she didn't do anything wrong?
3: Oops. Yeah, well, <laughs> why did all her subordinates need immunity if they hadn't done anything wrong? Well, well,
2: what I see is that I can see Obama pardoning her because then it would drop the case and not show any other, you know, maybe something that Obama did. Right. Kind of closes that case.
3: I mean, that's that's the big thing is to try and and protect him because um, I bet my hat he could be indicted for his role in it.
1: Well, that is kind of when I listened to what James Comey said, he said no one would prosecute this. I'm thinking, well, wait, you just laid out all the reasons why. Yeah, no reasonable
3: prosecutor. Right. (laughs) Yeah, no reasonable prosecutor would prosecute it. I think that means what he had been told was that the Department of Justice would not prosecute it. Yeah. So I think he had been told by Loretta Lynch that um, he, you know, that they were not going to prosecute it. So I'm
1: (laughs) speculating that, okay, so you wouldn't prosecute it if you're prosecuting a former first lady, a a current president, uh, possibly, you know, Bill Clinton, so a past president, like when you start looking at the dominoes that might be falling with this, you know, it could just completely shake up the fabric of the nation if we really knew. And so I'm thinking, I'm completely speculating, but that was kind of where my brain went when I heard Comey make those statements.
3: Yes, well, that's exactly where mine had gone long before he even said it. Mm -hmm. The Secretary of State communicates regularly with, you know, ranking members of Congress, um, everybody in the White House, Valerie Jarrett, White House counsel. I, uh, the FBI. I mean, I wondered even if Mr. Comey had had communicated with her at Hillary Clinton or ClintonEmail dot hmm. because anybody who sent an email to ClintonEmail.com dot com knew they were not writing to state dot gov. In fact, I think even one of the WikiLeaks emails or one that was divulged through Judicial Watch's efforts said something to that effect. It was Abidine or Cheryl Mills saying you know, they weren't writing to Mm state.gov. So people, people knew. Yeah. And and there's definitely an email out that Catherine Herridge for Fox reported on implicating uh, the White House in knowing about her different emails, because every time her email address changed, they had to update the president on it. And he was writing her under an alias. I remember. Which wouldn't have needed to do had it been protected.
1: Exactly. I remember that. And, you know, I keep, Thinking to so myself, all yeah, and I keep thinking to myself that uh, the last eight years of the Obama presidency and the Eric Holder Department of Justice, now the Loretta Lynch Department of Justice, they've ruined all semblance of you know the deliciousness of a conspiracy theory because all the big conspiracy theory sounding stories that have come up in the last eight years have all been proven to actually exist in fact. So, <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Between the WikiLeaks disclosures and the emails that have been produced, yes, it was not imagined a conspiracy between all the news people to try and get Hillary elected the whole bit. Right. You know, I,
2: I, I see Eric Holder as as doing what he did and I see Loretta Lynch doing it, what she did. But Comey, honestly, with his record in the past, I don't know what his benefit is for not telling the truth or not doing what his job was to do and that's to give the evidence and let somebody else decide whether or not that was going to go to court or not
3: I I have no idea Well I let's... think he was tasked with bearing it you know his statement in some way was a rebellion of of doing that but at the same time he didn't man up and do what he should have done Right
2: and that's that's really strange cuz he did he did say she broke the law in her you know he was giving subliminal messages that yeah she's crooked but i'm i'm tied my hands are tied
1: yeah i think it's that ball of of string all all gnarled up together and it just gets too messy so everybody wants to just say let's just ignore it and move on and um i think that like, you, what was the thing you said at the beginning? Daylight is the best disinfectant. So. Sunlight
3: is a great disinfectant, yeah. Yeah,
1: I think we need some sunlight. It could be painful for a while, but come on. Let's just clear the decks and and get back to the, the business of the people, the people's business. Okay.
2: Who, who, elects, uh, who makes the director of the FBI? Who
3: appoints the president. Them?
2: The president does? So yes. I imagine yes. there'll be a new FBI director also, right?
3: I imagine there will be.
1: Yeah. yeah, there's been speculation about that, but um, we haven't heard anything yet. Okay, so I want to talk about your book. Um, because, again, I think that anybody that loves a good uh, thriller, you know, kind of uh, uh, dis- uh, government-based uh, thriller would love your book. But darn it all, it's true. It's based in fact. So for somebody like me, I I really prefer... Uh, true stories. Um, So talk to us about License to Lie, Exposing Corruption in the Department of Justice. Tell us about that book.
3: Well, as you mentioned, it reads like a legal thriller. It reads like a John Grisham book, but it is all true, and it names names. It tells the inside story of the prosecutions of former Alaska Senator Ted Stevens, the Merrill Lynch executives in the Enron litigation, uh, Arthur Anderson Accounting Firm, which at one time was the gold standard for accounting firms, but was prosecuted by the person who now heads the Department of Justice Criminal Division and the head of the Corporate Fraud Section at DOJ back when they were on the Enron Task Force. Their prosecution destroyed the company in 85,000 jobs. turned out it was all for nothing because they had pieced together parts of different statutes to make a crime out of something that wasn't. The Supreme Court reversed it nine to nothing, a very rare unanimous Supreme Court decision with Justice Rehnquist writing from the court saying it was shocking how little culpability the jury instructions required. They basically took criminal intent out of the statute, which makes it even more ironic to say that Hillary Clinton didn't intend to commit a crime because intent isn't even an element in in the statute under which she could be prosecuted. But, yeah, the the book, um, it's got five stars on Amazon, reader rated. I thought there was freedom of speech and freedom of press in this country until I wrote it, but I found out that the New York Times would not write a review on it. The New York Post was going to publish an article about it, but reached out to the Department of Justice for comment and pulled the article My own Texas Bar Association refused to let me speak at the annual criminal law conference, which is the biggest conference they have. I mean, thousands of Texas lawyers come to it, and they refused to let me speak on the topic of the book there. I've taught there every year for I don't know how many years, but Mm. they didn't want to hear about the book because it's made so many prosecutors angry. Well, uh, you know, the truth hurts sometimes, mm-hmm. but that's the only way to solve a problem is to figure out what it is.
2: Well, maybe they'll all invite you next year.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, there's a new <laughs>
1: there's a new wind blowing across America. So a new sheriff in town, right? So maybe, but yeah, but you know, you've just described the exact opposite of what we've been seeing. So, in if I understood you correctly, the stuff you're writing about in your book is they they had to manufacture things to to find illegal, right? Right. And, and now with yep. Hillary Clinton— They literally Clinton, made up
3: crimes, and they, they made up facts, and they hid the truth to send innocent people to prison because they were people the administration wanted targeted. And it started during the Bush administration, mm. and then uh, Obama promoted all these people. Um, mm. uh, Bush promoted one of them, or actually uh, Attorney General McKenzie did. He promoted Matthew Friedrich to acting attorney general for the criminal division of DOJ, and he then rushed in to invite indict Senator Stevens, and that cost the Republicans the seat they needed in the Senate. The Democrats had targeted Stevens' seat as the 60th wow. one they needed in the Senate. Yeah, he this- lost the election by only a few thousand votes, even— once he's
1: been indicted. Uh, well, we have got to run. We got to go to commercial, and um, I'm so excited. I've, I've just barely cracked the cover of the book, but I've got to dig in deeper. Uh, tell people again how they can follow you, how they can buy your book, because this would be a great holiday gift uh, for somebody that that does like that John Grisham type of of novel.
3: Yes, and I'm doing a special holiday discount for anybody that buys a box of 14 to use as business gifts or whatever. It's about a 20% discount. Buy 12 books, get two free, and um, you could get it through licensedtolie.com on my website, or order it from Amazon to get the box of books. I've posted it on my Facebook page. Just look for Sydney Powell, S-I-D-N-E-Y-P-O-W-E-L-L. And I'm on Twitter at Sidney Powell, the number one, and on LinkedIn. And the book is on uh, Facebook, too.
1: Fantastic. And the name of your website again?
3: LicensedToLie.com.
1: Perfect. Sidney Powell, author of Licensed to Lie, Exposing Corruption in the Department of Justice. Thank you again so much for being with us today.
3: Thank you, Cheryl and Dan, for having me. It's always a pleasure.
1: Absolutely. And have a wonderful and blessed holiday season.
3: Thanks, you too. All
1: right. Well, just on the other side of this commercial, we have Captain Clay Higgins coming right up to talk to us about the runoff election. The election's not over for him. He's still got to face a runoff election on December 10th. Stick around.
5: That's SAF.org. Be a part of the Gold Rush and head on down to see my friends at potty Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at potofgoldestate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Collier sent you.
1: Thanks for sticking around. You are with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And our next guest is Captain Clay Higgins. He has become one of the nation's most influential cops, regularly speaking to law enforcement agencies across America. Higgins is a strong advocate of what he calls the sacred oath of the badge. He currently serves as deputy marshal for the city of Lafayette. He is a congressional candidate and is now facing a runoff election on December 10th. Captain Higgins, we thought the craziness of the election would be behind us as of November 8th, but your campaign is still in the heat of it. Tell us us what's going on in Louisiana.
7: Yes, ma'am. Good morning to you, and good morning to your listening audience. It's wonderful to be on Gun Freedom Radio again. Um, As you know, I'm a strong proponent of the Second Amendment and carry the highest rating of the NRA. And and yes, ma'am, I'm I'm still in the battle. I'm still in the battle over here. Louisiana is one of only two states in the nation uh, that has what's referred to as a jungle primary. It's an open primary. Anybody can vote for, for any party affiliation. Uh, across the board. So the top two guys go into a runoff uh, as of November the 8th. Mm. And I am in that runoff. I'm, I'm a conservative constitutionalist Republican, and I'm facing a gentleman who was a lifelong Democrat and recently converted to the Republican Party mm. because he has aspirations for higher office. And of course, Louisiana is a red state. So You know, that his chances at success running as Republican would be much higher. Anyway, that's a gentleman that I face. And, uh, yes, ma'am, we're still in battle. We're up in the polls. We're doing well. We're not done. We're carrying this thing across the finish line.
1: I love it. And, you know, not all of our listeners are in Louisiana. We broadcast across the nation. Dan and I are sitting right now in, in Scottsdale, Arizona. So some of our listeners might be going, well,
2: this sounds great. But what can I do? How does this affect me? Well, wait a minute, Cheryl. Everybody has a friend in Louisiana. <laughs> so just call your friend and tell them.
7: Well, there's that too. <laughs> yes, everybody ought to have a friend in Louisiana. And your entire listening audience now does have a friend in Louisiana. That's me. Mm-hmm. I'm Captain Clay Higgins, also known as Uncle Clay. And trust me, I'm your, I'm your friend. What can everyone do? Listen, i have I have to tell you that our campaign was begun on spirit. You know, we started with 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 no money, no experience. I've never run for political office before. I'm a patriot. I've been a street cop for 13 years, and and uh, of course, I served my country in the in the army. I honorably served as a military police officer. I I never envisioned that I would potentially be able to serve my country at this level. But when we started this thing it was strictly as a patriot's mission to be somehow a part of the the rebirth of our nation. And mm-hmm. thank God we never had to thank God we none of us ever had to you know wake up one day saying the words President Hillary Clinton. Mm. Oh, isn't so, that amazing? So we really have an opportunity now and what can your listeners do across the country? We have run, I'm advised the, the least expensive, successful congressional campaign in modern history. Uh, we, we spent less than 200 grand. Uh, the, the gentleman I'm running against spent 1.2 million.
1: Wow. And we,
7: and, we, and we virtually tied each other in the polls.
6: Wow.
7: And I'm ahead of them in the polls right now. Our entire, virtually our entire
6: campaign,
7: ma'am, was was funded by patriots across the nation, going online to captainhiggins.com and sending us 10 15 20 50 100 bucks. That that's how we funded our campaign. So we we certainly would be humbly receptive to any kind of small online donations from your listening audience, but the biggest thing they can give us is love and prayer. Mm. That's what we've always asked for. Go. So
2: you still need funds to fight this fight until December 8th, is that correct?
7: Yes, sir. And we, we have, we, well, listen, I have to say that mostly we need spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, we need love, man. We need prayer. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is how we, we started this thing. It's how we ran it. And it's how we're going to finish it. We, we're, we're, we're running on a, the joyous spirit of being a part of the rebirth and, the, and standing our, our country back up. You know? And I'm honored to be to be a, a, a somehow a humble part of that. Uh, I've received the endorsement of the most conservative groups across the country, and and I I intend to finish this thing. Listen, we will win.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: We will win soundly. And when I say we, I mean we, mm-hmm. the people. We will win on December the eighth. But I do need the love and prayer of your listening audience.
1: Well, I I agree with that. And what I. Th- feel like i hear you saying is that you know and you're a spiritual guy so you'll get this it's almost like god has taken the the 10 and 15 dollars that people have donated prayerfully and he's he's done the loaves and the fishes with it and he has just
7: (laughs) right (laughs) what a beautiful what a beautiful analogy as much as i'm in the word i didn't think about that (laughs) <laughs> That's right. We we we've, we've run this thing on lows and fishes. That's exactly right, ma'am. Well, and Yeah, and we and we're going to we're going to continue to.
1: Well, and this is really the year Uh, that we're seeing that all across America, and you are the perfect embodiment, I think, of the spirit that people are wanting to, to push into Washington. And I don't even know if they're necessarily pushing out the, you know, draining the swamp, but they're definitely wanting to put people in there that can be a support for the values that so many of us still have. I mean, listen to some of the news, and you wouldn't think that we have those values. But uh, clearly, the the November eighth election, with even governors across the nation, uh, the the Congress, the Senate, the um, the President, we're definitely seeing. I think a revival, maybe a little bit of a rebirth of people having checking in, going, "Wait a minute, I've been asleep for a while here." So.
7: There's, there's certainly that spirit. I had the 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 honor of. Of spending a couple of days in DC um, a couple of weeks ago after the eight uh, I had to be I had to basically be vetted by, by many conservative groups I had I had 40 meetings in two days and and I have to tell you that I was so uplifted by the spirit that there's an electricity in in Washington right now in mm-hmm. DC amongst conservatives and 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 just solid patriot Americans that that have been that have been longing for the opportunity to really stand our country back up and move our country back in the direction that our founding fathers had always envisioned, the direction of Christian principles that, that served us so well for 200 years un, in, until we reached the last you know, 30 or 40 years when we've sort of discarded that and, and moved away from constitutional principles and parameters. So there's a real electricity in D.C. right now. And I'm so humbled and uplifted to be a part of that, and 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 we shall be, we shall be a part of that. Every American is going to have a voice again. Solid Americans that love, we love our country. We will give our last life's blood in service of our country. And and we we've been we've been tired of these ruling elitists that that treat us like they're kings and queens. Mm. And on November the 8th, we spoke very loudly, didn't we? But yes, we want we our do. country back. In my case, the battle's not over. I, I have to carry this thing through through the 10th of December, and, and I'm counting on the love and prayers and support of my fellow patriots across the country to make that happen.
2: Captain Higgins, we, um, first of all, I really want to thank you for your services, all the services. You were in the military, you were law enforcement, and now you're wanting to serve for Congress. <laughs> and I, I really do appreciate that, and thank you very much. You know, Cheryl and I have been to D.C. I think three times last year, and I wasn't too excited about it. But we're going back in June this year, this next year. Mm. We're going to be going in June, and I expect to see your office and see you in that office when I come.
7: That's what I'm saying. I I would, would love to see you there, and I'm quite sure... I'm quite sure I'll be in the the smallest oldest office they have, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you'll do just fine, right because it's It'll not be ab-
7: filled with love and spirit that's, that's right, right It's
1: not about the title it's about the work and so one of the favorite things that I've heard you say because you have a bunch of videos that you've put out there online and you know you just talk directly to the camera directly to the listener. Um, and I, I love them because we get a sense of who you are. But one of the favorite things I've heard you say is step aside, child, and let the adults work. And yeah. I feel that that sentiment so perfectly applies to the nonsense that we're seeing. You know, we've got weeping Hollywood celebrities. We've got college students that need, you know, blankies and safe rooms. So what... What can you offer to help inspire a new strength in the American backbone?
7: Well, well first of all, my election this and listen, we're going to win. We're going to win and people are going to look at this campaign that we we run. We we worked very very hard. I, I had I I worked 7 days a week, 15-20 hour days every day going across my district which is a large district geographically. Because a lot of it is rural territory, so I covered thousands of miles in my vehicle. I work with a staff of, of virtually all volunteers. We use social media, uh, primarily. We didn't we didn't run a, a TV commercial or a radio ad 20 hmm. course of the time. So I'm, I'm I'm hopeful that across America, working class people that feel like it's just not possible to to stand up and battle against the millionaire career politicians that have been groomed their whole life to be part of this ruling elitist group of thieves and suits that have seized power in our nation. I'm hopeful that they can hear my voice and feel my passion right now. And I encourage them to embrace your constitutional principles Embrace your 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 beliefs as an American citizen. Whatever your shade of ideology or background or ethnicity or culture or creed or color, stand up for what you believe in. Make your message clear. Deliver it to your fellow American. Use social media and run for office. Whether it's a local office, a state office, or a federal office, stand up and be heard. Mm. This is what our founding fathers envisioned we should do. And by God. This is the this is the avenue. This is the journey that, that we must go on. I tell people all the time, redemption is not a destination; it's a journey. Mm. And our nation is on that journey right now, and we all must participate as patriots in the in in the in the redemption journey of our nation.
1: Absolutely. Well, we've got to wrap up, but I I just do want to remind people. You know, if you've got a few dollars laying in your PayPal account, right? Or, or, you know, you've got that $10 or $15, and you want it to really make a difference, you want to see it be stretched like the loaves and the fishes, take a minute and check out Captain Clay Higgins' site and, and send it his way, because he is going to use it well and use it wisely. So tell folks, just real quick as we wrap up, what that, uh, what that uh, uh,
7: website would be. The website, the website man, is, is uh, CaptainHiggins.com captainhiggins.com we, and very secure online donations and let me just say god bless you both and and god bless our nation and america united is something i strongly believe in i'm a passionate uh, i'm a passionate patriot that i love my fellow man i intend to serve and uh, we're going to win this thing so god bless you both and thank you for allowing me to be on your show again this
1: morning well, absolutely and god bless you as well captain clay higgins next time i interview you I want to inter- uh, introduce you as Congressman Clay Higgins. Thank,
7: thank you. That's going to happen. All right.
2: Yes, thank-, thank
7: you, sir.
1: Remember,
2: we'll see you in June. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, Bye. sir. I look forward to it.
1: Us too. Bye-bye now. All right. Well, we still have our second hour to come, so don't move a muscle. We've got a Responsibly Earned Citizen report and Dan's commentary. Mm. And three more great guests just after this commercial.
5: Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action, or check them out on the web at PottyGoldEstate.com. Come listen to the Self Defense Gun Stories Podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky, or were they prepared? Come, listen and learn at self com
6: .com.